Blog Talk Radio. Scientific breakthroughs, the unveilings, spiritual revelations, the openings. That's fine. Hijacking the mind. What? Aluminum bonds with intelligence. Rewind the message. Merry Christmas. 13 indigenous immigrants. State of the unison. Addressing nothing. Foundations can ruin. Level to level. Fuck the embezzlement. Tales from the crib. Hitting blood rituals. 50 scores flying over California. Vacation. Flying dragons. Swords and daggers. Lions and tigers. Gotta get my parents or parish. I'm a malnutrition, chemically imbalanced, Ethiopian, in Helen Kush, blue projects get pushed, mold with the bush, standing on the middle line, no defining, swirling dervish, in between space and time, it's a fix Tuesday, another news day, north, east, west, south, west, not here to confuse the day, just diffuse the way, uh, another From pain in your back to aches in your knees. Come on down and purchase you some ancestral tea to get rid of all the parasites, toxins, and fleas. Spiritual elevation for cosmic gravitation. So put away the patience, because there's no time to be wasted. Cadillac pushing prints of the pinky kiss. True pimping is corporations from multi nations who form monopolies. 
distortion situation. The media's the medium, the magic on the screen. Control your emotions, tell you when to laugh and when to scream. When to cry, when to be angry, when to bring hatred on the scene. You know what I mean? Careful contemplation, what I feed my body and my brain. For thinking outside the box, who wear the badge of the saint. Donald Sterling became here to want the jigaboos of this game. Can these finest slaves carry on like everything is okay? We got men in skirts and dresses. Most rappers get to address it because they want to smack the more with the button. Not press it. Oppressive, the system flexes its muscles until you check it. Organize your spiritual weaponry. Now wreck it. I'm back from distant eons to chastise the peons who damage the earth for reasons. The senses for this season. Has come for the gods to return and wait with children to learn. Repent or get burned. This is the ancient man's turn to reclaim what he earned. He created with his sperm, his seed, his germ. Implemented into the great mother, none other. I ain't moved but propagandists take lies, banter with slander. Cops cocking Glock hammers, handcuffing, reading Mirandas. Claiming they're right in the place South Paul trying to jam you. Physicians just pill pushes, lawyers just crooks trying to scam you. Schools are holding cells, better yet new age plantations. Teaching kids to worship the flag of corporations of devastation. Chris Cologne was worse than Al Capone. Get it home by sitting at home. I hope this opus penetrates your dome. To at the mouth, your phone attacking the lies they own. Oprah, I hope you listen and your Tyler Perry clone. The have not still have not sucker, but what we have got is a Bunch of sad plots played out for some crumb drops. Couple houses, couple cars, some sperm shots. Yeah, your soul long gone, but your pockets got much fatter. Louis Bill slugger batter for the chatter. I'm out. I was muted for about 29 minutes right there, I think. Um, so I will go back over that right there, what I was just talking about, if you don't mind. Yeah. I think I was I muted myself for a second, right? And didn't unmute it. I just noticed it. So we're going to start back where I was at. Uh, the heart of the matrix. All right, so the heart of the matrix. What is the heart of the matrix? First of all, we got to remember, well, I'm going to go through a few different 
um, breakdowns and breakups as far as allegorically speaking. The allegory behind Valentine's Day, Black History Month, the Super Bowl lie, or Super Bowl 51 LI, as well as the Matrix. So it's all going to be abbreviated as much as possible, and I just ran through 30 minutes of uh, a muted section, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was muted. So I want to give thanks, first and foremost, um, to those who came before and those who came will come after. I want to give thanks to First World Order Radio. Um, give thanks to um, Dr. Eileen, Sister Queen, um, Kadira. Give thanks for birthdays coming up day after tomorrow. Um, give thanks to Brother Jamal for holding it down for the last couple of weeks. Um, the last couple of months, actually, doing an excellent job, a superb job, you know, supreme being job. Um, give thanks to um, Brother Fahim for bringing that, that more science to the table and keeping keeping us on the right track, you know what I'm saying, and staying, um, and staying him, you know what I'm saying, so get black, you know what I'm saying, get thanks, get black. Um, so once again, yes, it's Tips and Tricks Tuesday, and I am Blackwater, the Metal Magician, back for another Tuesday. Just so happened, this is Valentine's Day. Um, as I was just speaking on, my sister, had, um, she had surgery today, Lumpscaptomy, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's how you pronounce it, but um, <laughs> at any rate, she had that today, and she um, she went through it pretty good. They, the doctor says nothing left, no scar tissue, no cancer in there, none of that, but she had breast cancer. She had told me about it about four weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in there, but when she said it, she said it was going to be on the 14th, and I was like, in the 14th, like, Valentine's? I didn't say nothing to her, but then I looked it up on the calendar, and it just so happened that it was on the uh, Tuesday, so I was like, wow. First, I wasn't really, I wasn't sure if I was going to do a blog talk today, but then I was like, yeah, I'm going to do something to commemorate her, you know, going through this right here and, you know, and having a heart, you know what I'm saying, to actually do a couple of things that was alternative medicine or alternative healing. You know, she did change the diet up a little bit. You know, she said she was going to do 50-50. She was like, she wasn't going to be able to go the whole 100 which I understand it's hard to just change overnight like that. I know she was going through a certain particular type of ailment, but it is hard to just, you know, go what they call cold turkey, you know what I'm saying? But she did the 50-50, did cheat guns, meditated when she, you know, felt comfortable with it. But she was like, some of the cheat guns really helped, especially when she was going through the pain and didn't want to continue with medicines or when it was like abrupt pain, acute, stimulated pain that really wouldn't go nowhere like in the nerves. The hands and feet, and I uh, showed a couple of qigongs that, um, a couple of qigongs that actually did benefit and help her. So, I, you know, that's a reason, one of the reasons for the nice show, not the main reason. You know, it's good to be black too. It's good to be black. You know, I get thanks. I get black. I always get black. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, have fun with it. You know, so tonight we're gonna have fun with the heart of the matrix. Um, the allegory behind it, the metaphors behind it, as well as, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, as well as the hyperbole behind it, where hyperbole is just an exact, exaggerated expression, sort of like uh, your, your feet as big as the street or something, you know what I'm saying, or something like that, but it's just an over-exaggerated expression. We're going to talk about hyperbole too. In just a few. All right, so again, allegory is basically a story, a poem, or a picture that is used to represent um, 
a hidden or coded message. So we are going to reveal some of those coded messages of Valentine's Day, Super Bowl, as well as uh, Black History Month and The Matrix. All of us are going to be running together pretty much and, you know, bridging them and time together into one nice little comfortable knot on the top. All right. Let's see what I'm talking about in a minute. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Let's get it in. All right. So, again, there are three aspects of religion. We have basically the mythos, which is the knowledge, the information. Then we have you know, the knowledge of the information is based on traditions of that culture. All right. Then we have the ritual, which is an arrangement of activities and observances based on the information you know, given by way of the mythos. And then we have the metaphysical or mystical experience, which is the true intent or the heart of the mythos and ritual. So the, the uh, metaphysical philosophy, um, when in correspondence with the myth and ritual, bring about the mystical experience. The metaphysics is basically the investigation of the initial causes of nature, the universe, and ultimate reality. The mysticism is the actualization of the indwelling intelligence through meditation, deep contemplation, and other spiritual disciplines such as detachment and renunciation. So there again, um, we have those th those three aspects of religion. Religion again is raised to um, which means back. And ligor, or legion, which means to uh, unite or bind. So it means to tie back or to unite back. So that's what we are doing. We are reuniting back. And it also has the same um, definitives on what of as yoga. Yoga means to unite or to yoke. And that's what wisdom does. All right, so that's, that's religion. Mythos. Ritual and the um, metaphysics that lead into a mystical experience. Most of religion, most religions deal with the information. Like we have the book, and we go off of the knowledge and we learn something. You know, we go off the scripture and then in the ritual. And so we have the Bible, or we have the Quran, the Torah, and then we have the, um, the rituals like the, the observances of holidays, certain. Um, certain things that they might do through the year, you know, those holy days, you know what I'm saying, through the year, like Christmas or um, Hanukkah, you know what I'm saying, Ramadan. So these are the observances of the ritual. But then the metaphysical uh, aspect would be initially, initially basically is investigating the causes of nature, you know what I'm saying, and the universe and ultimate reality. So that's basically knowledge of self or knowledge of the self, but knowledge of self is, and then, you know, if you have knowledge of self, then you have knowledge of the universe, and then you have knowledge of God. So that knowledge of self, knowing yourself, then you know yourself, you know God, and you know the universe. That basically is by way of the um, mystical activation through um, certain activities like meditation and uh, detachment to the worldview and some certain aspects of the world and bringing about that balance within yourself by getting that activity flowing through the mystical experience. So those are three aspects of religion. So you have the information or the mythos, then you have the ritual, the observance, the arranged observances like, um, you know, Hanukkah, Ramadan, or Christmas, 
And then we have the actual mystical experience by way of the metaphysical information. The metaphysical information, again, is the investigation of nature. That's the investigation of yourself or the self. So the, the first initial spark um, within, and then studying that, so to know thyself is to know God, to know the universe, and then how to express that. And a grander view would be by way of, you know, deep contemplation, meditation, and other spiritual disciplines, such as um, detachment to of worldly ideologies, as well as renunciation of certain worldly activities. And that will gain your energy, personal energy, back within, as well as um, when regaining, we learn to obtain, retain, and then cultivate it properly to where growth will be the process, and then we'll see a, a prosperous reality externally. And all right, so that's the three aspects of religion. Now, the three, the four different angles of magical rituals are physiological, meaning um, the, physiolog- the physiology of the body, dealing with the um, endocrine system as well as the organs. And then it's neurological, it's dealing with um, certain um, activities going within the brain. And then it's meant, well, within the nerves and the brain, then it's mental linguistic level, which basically power words of what we are telling ourselves through metaprogramming, and then the physical level. So um, the physiological level operates, since operates on, the, on this level, take advantage of the physical structure of the human body and nervous system to cause altered states of awareness. A um, good example is pranayama, which is a very positive way of altering one state through breath control and different breath exercises to control their emotions and physical states, regardless of the practitioners of the belief or disbelief in the existence of the prana or chi or raw life force, and regardless of previous conditions. A negative way would be like TV observances or, or, or listening to the radio too much and stuff like that, because still you have to understand that prana or chi is also an activity that permeates all existence. So like um when that dude um what's his name a catheter did develop the catheter ray to William Cather back in the eighteen hundreds, he was trying to build um some type of communication device between the physical world and the spiritual world. So he wanted to talk to the spiritual world. So he, he formed this thing called a catheter ray tube, which inevitably became um the two tubes in the back of our television. But he was using electrons. He wanted to use electrons to be that medium. So he thought the electrons are spirit, but basically the electrons are photons, the subatomic particles, is the, it is the carrier of information. So if we are utilizing certain um, the devices that we have today in front of us, it is sort of like going to hijack our energy, energy, you know what I'm saying, and then manipulate it or alter it or change it to whatever the sorcerer or that you know that one who was putting that information towards us in the external environment is going to change the way we should naturally be objectively and subjectively um creating is going to alter that you know what i'm saying so that's one of the negative ways neurological level imprinting is the, one of the first ways and then with the second is conditioning but imprinting is one is a one-time learning that stems from an intense or peak event experience. So that's like a traumatic event that happens in our life that causes phobias throughout our life. So we'll be scared, you know, of a dog or scared of an 18 wheeler, scared to eat liver or something because we threw up, you know what I'm saying? We had that bad taste, but we had that phobia the rest of our life. That's imprinting. Uh, conditioning operates on the level 
on operations on this level utilize classical stimulus response conditioning to trigger altered states or to bring about changes in our behavior, which doesn't does require repeated re reinforcement. So it requires a ritual gesture or a phrase word of power that can be associated with a particular state of consciousness or behavior. So if that phrase is repeated over and over at the exact same fashion and same time, then the person has no strong and the person has no stronger competing state states of consciousness, then that ritual gesture of faith will always reaccess the original state. Sort of like the observances of holidays, holy days, like Valentine's Day. So as soon as we hear Valentine's Day, we gotta go get the chocolate again, then we gotta go get the flowers again and then the balloons. So we go out and go get that wedding ring and ask her to marry us or whatever and we do all those things due to the um ritual gesture or the phrase where the power like Valentine's Day and then we get dog we get you know petted, you know, and get we give you know, get a hug or something, thank you, you know, hugs and kisses, X's nose, you know what I'm saying? And we're gonna deal with that. So why is the X's nose? So symbolism, you know what I'm saying? But basically all right, so mental linguistic level operations operations on this level involve manipulation of world views via loading and running. Specific meta programs or symbol systems. Descending the planes or pathworking of the tree of life are examples of metaprogramming operations. Metaprogramming requires the use of symbols and belief systems. So formal transinductions, incantations, and invocations all operate on this level. So what they're saying is sort of like ascending the planes of pathworking of the tree of life are examples of metaprogramming operations going from Malkut all the way up to Kethir. Malkut being the kingdom, Kethir being the crown. Or Malkut being the root chakra, Kathir being the pineal gland, or Malkut being the genitals, the physical reality was seen, and then um, Kathir being the light or the pineal gland that is unseen. So the material into the non material or immaterial. All right, so that's by way of mental linguistics. So we are doing that through symbols and our belief system. So each word, like Malkut, means kingdom or whatever, but basically is speaking on the realm of um, their physical existence coming out of off the throne, which would be on your side or I sit, you know, so then, you know, that would, it all goes up the tree of life or, or the, that's the Kabbalistic um, um, view on the tree of life, but basically everything is, is an internal activity that's based on different organ systems as well as something that's external or um, above, based on different uh, activities within the stars. So, or Malkut being the earth for Geb, you know what I'm saying? And then, um, say for instance, you have Tephiroth beauty that's sitting in the solar plexus or the heart region, that's the sun. You know, the Saturn is um, is Bina, you know, so that's that's knowledge, I mean, understanding. Mercury is dealing with um, Chalkma. All right, so, and and so on and so on. But uh, that's something good to study on. Um, the physical level, operations on this level presuppose laws governing the physical nature of reality, which are not yet known to science. So all miracles supposedly occur on this level, inhabiting the realm of synchronicity and unique, non-reproducible events. There's very little that can be said about this level that has any real use of meaning due to its proximity to the source of consciousness. The source of being, it may actually be proof against the methodology of science. In fact, it is not possible to be sure of the existence of this level of magic since there is little, if anything, that can, cannot be explained by the first three levels. 
right, so basically what this is coming out of a book called uh, The Magician's Companion, a practical and, and encyclopedic guide to magical and religious symbolism by Bill Whitcomb. Pretty thick, nice book. Got um, all type of symbols in it. This one went through all the way to um, what's the last number? Oh, went through. Got to get it in. Got to get it in. Thirty minutes of mute. I'm on mute for thirty minutes and didn't know it. Uh, one to sixty-four, and then it goes. It breaks down different alphabets. Got the astral alphabet, which is very similar to the Hebrew alphabet. Basically, that's where the Hebrew Hebrew alphabet derived from the astral alphabet. Uh, but um, so those three different levels: the physiological level, dealing with organs such as the um, the lungs, forgive me, um, heart, you know, and then we have um, the neurological level that's imprinting, dealing with um, learned behavior and conditioning through traumatic events as well as conditioning through a ritual gesture or phrases external. Always, it's sort of like the Pavlov experiment where the dogs, you know, start salivating before they even ate because they heard a bell ring or the door open, you know. So, as soon as Fourth of July come around the corner, we already, you know, preparing for that, that vacation or we're preparing to get that, you know, that keg of beer and everything in the refrigerator before it even starts. And get light up the grill two weeks before, you know, it's just prepare, you know. But um, those are ritual gestures because the power word is being ex- expressed. And then the mental linguistic level is um, metaprogramming. So, that, I mean, a good way would be something like the tree of life, you know, going through our own chant system or just telling ourselves something repeatedly and advancing our DNA that way. Negative way is having external information always dumping down, and especially if it's not beneficial and it's just some haphazard, you know, whatever's going on outside, you know, that's what we're talking about all the time. So that's going, that's a, that's metaprogramming. That's a, something external programming us away from, you know, but it's coming in through the uh, external reality. Then we had a physical level operates from this level. They, they presuppose anything that we call physical. You know what I'm saying? It's the level of nominal and absolute reality. Basically, what's happening on this level of physical magic is unexplainable. When we actually access our true um, magical self, if we want to say, and we can utilize our energy to, we can manipulate it and change our reality externally by way of knowing how to manipulate and change it internally. And just letting go, basically, just going to normal, going to zero time. You know what I'm saying? All right, so those are the four different um, magical ritual ways of magic, you know, Four different aspects of magical rituals. I'm still reading it, yeah. But so you know, so it's a good book right there. This you should check it out. The Magician's Companion. It's a good. It's not really like a read. Yeah, it is though. It's a. It has a lot of information in it. That's we'll come back to it in a second. That's pertaining to um, again numbers and symbolism. So you know, the chakras, the seven, you know. Um, but also just everything 22, you know, that's the 22 letters of the um, Hebrew alphabet. Also, it has 72, 72, um, you know what I'm saying? That's pertaining to different different things within myself. Well, I'm not gonna go into it like that, but because it's a lot of information, it's 
table tonight. I'm going to go ahead and get it in a little bit more. All right, so symbol is one of um, the word symbol basically has sim, like sima, like sima twice, meaning to unite both lands. And you have bell, bow, which is lord or chief, but I'm going to say it's the force of power. So the uniting force symbol. Symbol is the uniting force, symbol. So the symbol basically is the main form of mind control in this day and time due to the language of symbols going directly to the subconscious mind bypassing the conscious mind because symbols are easily absorbed and meditated on. Symbols are hidden in plain sight and are unnoticed to the conscious mind. So when symbols are placed in strategic areas in our environment, they intentionally generate an impulse or energy, a spark that initiates the collapsing of the wave function due to synthetic psychic information. The natural ability to process information from external input and discern between what's useful and what's wasteful has been blocked due to the forced manipulation of our attention. Again, remember attention is our 10, which means basically life, like atenra, and spirit, or shin, shin means spirit. So that's our spirit of life or the spirit of the intelligence. So when the manipulation of our intention is going outward and not inward, the population is completely um, hypnotized by the way of like being glued to the television sets and radios without realizing that they can't get away from it. So it has become a social normality to view the TV and listen to the radio um, and not knowing that they were designed as weapons to hypnotize the masses. This is our, I'm about to read this out the Aunt African Origin of Electromagnetism by Nur Aunt Amin. This is on page uh, 63. African culture and history are rich with the examples of the unity of spirit and matter. Heaven has always been our birthright. Today, those faculties that put us in tune with the spiritual world are weak from lack of exercise. We have allowed the TV, radio, and the telephone to replace our telepathic abilities. Do you now believe or would accept the notion of astral travel? Service to the materialist society requires the denunciation of the spiritual. When bills are on our minds, we dream less as we focus on the depressing condition of this earthly prison with our tormentor on our backs. This is the key to the door of the internal life, strengthening our faith in the world unseen where our souls can be free. So they have a picture of the Ankh and the Kas, and uh, as well as a, um, a cartouche and a cross. So the life, spirit of life within the infinite cycle. Attention, basically, you know what I'm saying? Life. So our attention is, is being hijacked by these TVs and radios, and that's one of the reasons why we haven't came back to tune with a lot of our higher abilities and access those, you know, those nine gifts. I'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, so symbolism looks at the world um, as a text. A symbol is an image made of various elements such that the whole represents more than the sum of its parts. In other words, everything should be seen as a metaphor. Symbolism opens the doors of perception when it, it explores the links between desires and ideas, imagination, and reason, 
the uh, mind generalizes and the mind dissects, but only if it guarantees a balance between both elements and doesn't lose itself in prejudice. For the mental processes to develop these theories and the practical applications involve acts of synthesis, association, and application. These elements are crucial to activating the alchemical transmutation of self. So we must have, for these mental processes to develop these theories and their practical applications, it involves synthesis, association, and application. These elements are crucial for activating the alchemical transmutation. So we must have applications, we must know the theories, and um, we, must, well, we must know to have an association of what the theories are, and we must synthesize it all together as one. So that's sort of like the religion aspect. So we have, you know, the mythos, the knowledge, the ritual, the observance, but then the actual metaphysics behind it that goes into, um, that brings about that um, mystical experience. So when we know the hidden information, the occult information, the esoteric information, then we go into the actual activity of applying the information that brings about the mystical experience. Right. So symbols are the foundation of rites and rituals. A rite is a formal act. A ritual is a set order for carrying out of the rites. Rites and rituals were present before verbal language. It allows humans to look at themselves from an outward view and in turn see ourselves as objects of study. In Freemasonry, they are interested in rights because they wish to understand how human beings in society operate to view in view of preparing the coming of a better, more enlightened society, so they say. This is out of a book called um, Symbols of Freemasonry by Daniel Berzenek. It's off page 8 through 12. Forgive me, I didn't uh, mention that before I started reading that, that part of this. It started with symbolism, looks at the world as a text. That's uh, Symbols of Freemasonry by Daniel Berzenek. So a, a rite is a formal act, and the ritual is a set order for carrying out those rites. Rites and rituals were present before verbal language. It states right here, Freemasons are interested in rites because they wish to understand how human beings and society operate in view of preparing, quote, preparing the coming of a better, more enlightened society, end quote. So that's his words. From uh, he, he got that out of a um, Freemasonry um, book of rites that he was uh, probably studying or something himself. Uh, so, all right, but the state which basically the state is a condition or stage in the physical being of something. Um, the state is what purportedly enables our societies to flourish and prosper, provide safety for our children to grow and mature. The active value of the state is to provide for the welfare and interests of the people when it is a government of and by the people, meaning a self-governing, toxinous society of and by the people. The rituals of the natural, the rituals natural to that state are a celebration of the people themselves. Are we in the state of fear or love? Remember, a state is a condition or stage in the physical being or something. So right now we're in a state of fear, and it's, but it's coming over into love. Today is Valentine's Day, so we're going to break down with this Valentine in a second. So where there is a separation of science and religion, or intuition and logic, and no possession of the true knowledge behind the ritual performed by the state, then the ritual then serves as reinforcing tools to acquire loyalty and obedience, like a good old doggy. To those belittles, not the little, but belittles that are not committed to the people. The state is now serving as an effective vehicle for lower based occult forces. The state has always served the court forces. What mattered was whether the occult force was established on a Surian, revealed, resurrected, or Setian, unrevealed, 
dead philosophies. Whether the cult force was working on building and enabling the society to prosper and promote the indivisible dual self of human spirituality or intelligence and social expression, or whether the court force was working to destroy prosperity and in that poverty that resulted beat down even further those who were already powerless. Like shooting a young man the other day, I think down in Florida for getting some diapers. That's just plain ridiculous. All right, so these ritual dates and functions are products of a higher science. The Setians or the Satanists organized their parallel force at the same precise time to serve their diabolic measures. So sacred and blessed are the societies with an elite that understand and seek after the truth and misery plummets on the societies who have fallen under the hand of those individual, indivisible dual selves or those belittles, not elites not not again, but, but the belittles that dedicate to deceptions. The rituals of states are used by both the Assyrian and the Setian um, mentalities, pulling and pushing the masses along or deceiving and mesmerizing the general public before the reaping. All right, so reaping, speaking on reaping, I deal with 2017 a little bit because when 2017, I, was, I just looked at it one day. I was like, wow, it equals one, of course, you know. So then I was like, you know, time. It was 2017, so I, I looked up the the Father Tom picture or whatever, and he's holding on um, the, the sights or whatever, the, the sickle. But I was like, well, that's what's up. You know, he got the sickle. But I literally looked at it. Just this, the symbol behind it, it looked like 2017. This, of course, seven is similar to a sickle. All right, so tonight, is the 14th of uh, February. And I always say the time is now, you know, so we're going to be dealing with a couple of things tonight. One of them is geometria. So when we're looking at the, the state, the time is now, we just look at the words. Geometria is basically, it's, a, it's dealing with Kabbalah, the Kabbalah of numerology and the alphabet system. So you have a letter, and then you have the number that goes behind the letter. So you got, got you got A and then of course one, you got B and then there's two. So when looking at the time is now, the time is now basically time is equals two. Um is equals one and and nine, so that's one, and now equals seven. So you have two, one, and seven. That's seven plus three, that's ten, that equals it goes back to one. So the time is now is one. So there again is 2017 or one. So Father Tom, Tom, also a Tim. Tim means the non-being or the complete or non-complete in Metanetta. So Tim, Father Tim, or Ifia, how do you say Ifata, Tim, or Abba, Tim, Father Tim, equals one. Going back to time is now. So the time being now, one is representative of completion, or ten represents completion, a complete cycle. But one represents uh, going back to or regenerating and resurrecting. But also there's 101. And this month is the second month. So you have one and one. 
and that one and one is representative of esoterically it's a gateway right so oh beforehand let me just tips and tricks so tips and tricks if y'all didn't know this month it has 28 days right so we got 28 days but each um day is going to be expressed four times this this month in this year of 2017. So that means Monday, we'll have four Mondays, we'll have four Tuesdays, four Wednesdays, four Thursdays, so on and so on. This only happens every 823 years. You know, in feng shui, feng shui means water and wind. So that means, you know, the wind comes in, blows out what ain't necessary, and then the water comes in and purifies, basically, you know what I'm saying? So you're moving stuff around and all that, but this is called money bags. So if you want to get a good ritual in, you know, for this month, like on on this is the 14th, we got two coming in as the moon is waning, but that don't mean that you can act like it's waxing if you're trying to get something in like that. So, you, you know, it ain't you're not just acting, it's going wax next month, so you can get that next month full moon, you know, coming in from the uh, new moon. So it ain't no space and time, you know what I'm saying? Basically what I'm saying is don't don't get complacent on where the moon is and what it's looking like if you want to bring something in. Just use that energy regardless, light you some candles and stuff. And um, but like I was saying, so next on the twenty first or the twenty eighth, the last day of the month, on that uh that Tuesday, each one is gonna be bringing in a certain type of energy. All right, so that's a Mars day too as well. So that's the god of wolves, also the protective vegetation. I'm talking about the protective cultivation or that seed thought or that internal energy, also, you know, what I'm saying? All right, from the heart of the matrix, basically, you know, what I'm saying. But um, yeah, that's a good tips and tricks right there. Seven times four equals twenty-eight, right? So get back with the time is now. So you have time is now is one equals one, and it breaks down to um. The first, or the you know, the initial, the leader, the power. I right, but that's like Alif, you know, in the Hebrew alphabet, going to Kabbalah. I right, but when you have one and one, because this is the second month. One and one on both sides is gateway or door, basically. And then we're dealing with certain energies, such as um candle match that took place on the first and second of the month, also Groundhog's Day. But before we get into that, to speak on the point or the seed thought, the point can be considered the origin of all symbols because it has no dimension and it is without space. Without an inside or an outside, the point is the source for all which now follows it. So the second symbol of creation can be seen as being the line. You know what I'm saying? So as the point or the one being chosen or cho- choosing somewhere outside of itself to form direction. So the second symbol is like a line that comes outside of the point using a direction to form the physical reality. This can also be seen as one becoming two. You know what I'm saying? That active force and a passive force, masculine and feminine. So from the point, we develop the masculine and feminine side of self. So that initiating spark or the point, the thought seed, then expands outwardly and forms the two sides of the circle from that initiating point. That's the masculine and feminine. This line then has no, the line has no thickness 
and it's thought of as having no ending. That's infinite in its movement. So it's sort of like an eight, you know what I mean? So you turn the eight on the side, you got two brains, you know what I'm saying? Left and right brain. But you also, if you look at a B, you know, that's the house, bear. So you got a, a you got bear representing the house, but what's the house? The house is the mind, you know what I'm saying? So when it's, when you're looking at it in certain different ways, or like symbols, the house being the mind, that's the left and right brain. So the, that's the third aspect of the third symbol is created from the stationary passive aspect of the point forming into the line and then rotating freely from that line in the aspect of the line and movement by forming a circle represent heaven from its free rotating movement. So it goes from that point to a line, then it free rotates and forms a circle, and that would be the, the movement from that line, which has no thickness and is thought of as, as having no ending. But as it starts moving, then the third symbol is created, which is from the stationary or passive aspect of the point. And that's that free rotating, rotating circle that forms, I sort of like that B or that circle, that eight, you know what I'm saying? All right, and, and after that, the active point or the line then also can be moved to a third position that's equal to, but from another angle of the other two, thereby forming an equilateral, equilateral triangle. So you can move it all the way around from the point there to a line, then circle it around, and then you have a triangle. That I know it sounds kind of complicated. But it's not really the line. Then can produce another line until the distance or equal formula square, which is considered Earth within sacred geometry. So you have a point. You start out with a line. Then you can circle that line around, and then you can then go from that line to form uh, to go into um, from the active point of the line can also be moved to a third position that's equal distant from the other two, and it forms an equilateral triangle. So from that line and that circle, you can go from the other two points that was form formally, I mean, um, previously, and form an equilateral triangle. And from that equilateral triangle, you can produce another line until the distance are equal forming a square. And that is um, squaring a circle. So the circle squaring is esoteric jargon for marriage of heaven and earth, or the feminine masculine aspects of oneself, aka the sacred marriage or, or heroes gameos. So this circle is the traditional shape assigned to the heavens, and the square is the form pointed to the earth. When these two points are unified or made equal in area and parameter, uh, or we speak of squaring the circle. All right, so meaning heaven and earth, spirit and matter, or lower and higher intelligence. And this is symbolically the married, the merging together as one or married. All right, so everything in the universe consists of energy, a mixture of spirit, intelligence, and matter, intellect. A soul, for example, is part of the wider universal soul or multiverse, while the physical body consists of elementals or particles, such as fire, air, water, and earth, and the quintessential particle, basically that spirit, that are linked to all other beings within the spectrum of the physical reality. So within holy scripts, deity is often manifested to humans as fire. Fire is associated with heat that can warm as well as heat that can burn and destroy and Kabbalistic mystics combine these symbolisms of fire with the number of candles or branches, seven, and the legs of roots, three, that they sprang from, thus equaling ten, representing the sephirah within the Kabbalistic tree of life, ten equaling one, with the point of origin of all symbols, the black dot, thus the, initi the initiatory spark of fire, of creation, that's Atenra, the complete 
light or the complete sun. Basically, that's Amin-Ra's will, the hidden light. All right, so the hidden light of the intelligence, you know, by way of that that initial spark. Remember the Confucius said what what he stated was symbols rule the world, not the words and law. You know what I'm saying? So the symbols behind the words and law is what's taking place, is what's going into our DNA, basically. Remember, even the DNA is a set group of letters. So it's a vibration, A-C-T-G. But that vibration of sound that's going within it alters our um, DNA or changes it for the better or for the worse. It's dependent. Uh, but, so that's the point C. And going with what I was saying earlier, the time is now. So that's one, but this the time is now right now at this very moment being February 14th. 14 is um, Valentine's Day. You know what I'm saying? So the word Valentine comes from Latin Valencia, meaning strength or capacity. So basically Valencia and also Valor. All right, but When we're looking at that word uh, team, team comes from an old English word tend, T-I-N-D, and that means spike, beak, prong. Uh, also, it's, uh, it also means sharp point, uh, also again spike. And it, comes, it also has a Norse and a German um, root that's tender, but it's pronounced uh, in German, wien. And means pinnacle or point or top. And that's where we get the word Zion from. All right, so like Mount Zion or Sinai in the biblical terms. Zion is um, basically in uh, the metaphysical aspects of, of the Bible, it is a spiritual uh, meeting ground or just the spiritual center for um, materializing the, the um, physical reality is where the Zion is basically the, the point. You know what I'm saying? It, as you see, uh, tender and zine means pinnacle or point. German, the German word zine, Z-I-N-N-E, is where we get the word Zion from. And it means pinnacle or point, top, the summit. So in, in esoteric jargon or esoteric talk, uh, zine or Zion, again, is defined as the spiritual uh, medium or the spiritual center for where the physical reality is manifested from the mind, basically the top. That's the point of power. All right, so let's speak on the heart of the matrix before we get into breaking down Valentine in uh, another sense. The heart of the matrix. So, what is the heart of the matrix? What is the matrix? You know, not from the conceptual. Um, description of where we come from the, as far as the movie is concerned we know that it's talking about like a control system as far as that is you know the basis of that information is talking about how the government or something outside of us is controlling us going from a, a inner reality what is the matrix so what is the heart of the matrix basically the word matrix basically means mold or template right so it's um, in this case we're going to look at it from the origin of the word matrix, as you can plainly see, the root is um, matri or matir, meaning matter, also mother. All right, but 
you know, but if the matrix basically when it is meaning mold a template, that's sort of like a, a you got a, a, a cook a cookie cutter or something, you know what I'm saying? So you put a cookie cutter down, and that's the mold or the template of the reality. You know, so it, but then you you tracing it around and then you pull up whatever you want it to to be in this physical reality. But that's the also the mother of the or the um the matter. Remember all things in the physical existence has the mother principle behind it. All matter in the physical reality, in the physical aquarium, has mother around. That's the template. So, rephrasing the statement from heart of the matrix to the heart of the matter, then transform it again to the heart of the mother. All right. And when we're looking at it, in a, so for instance, uh, the brother was talking about um, Black Lives Matter. So, Black Lives Matter. We're looking at Black Life Matter. He was like, uh, um, Black Lives Matter as well. So, but Black Life Matter, what is Black Life Matter? If we take the word Black and change it to Dark, then we have Dark Life Matter. And then if we take out the word Life altogether, then we have Dark Matter, right? So, Black Lives Matter transformed to Dark Matter or Dark Mother or the dark mother womb of creation. Right, so then we, so transforming all that together, transforming again to the heart of the mother, to now what exactly is the mother again? You know what I'm saying? Right, so where we know that the mother is the dark womb, mother space, so also known as dark matter. So we have the answer to both questions. The matter is the mother, which is in turn dark matter, or black matter, the stuff that everything physical reality or the objective reality stems from the light or heart so that's the heart of the matrix somewhat so there seems to be an agreement that there are two aspects of universal energy the physical that we participate with and then you know basically with in conjunction with our senses and then the metaphysical or the non-material that we don't actively sense and this is due not to it not being here or not existing, it's, it's due to its vibration being at a range that most human sensual experiences don't detect. So in ultimate reality, there is no separation of a metaphysical state of being and that of material substance. The universe itself is basically a hierarchy of energies that vibrate at different ranges of, di- on, of different ranges of density. So you got one, you know, density, then uh, the tw- second density, the third density, the fourth density, sixth density, and on up. They say it's 11 or 12, 12 different states of density. I know it's more than that. On each overtone, there's an unlimited amount of densities. So physically, you know, we have concepts that we come to an agreement with just because we see in it or we observe in it with the physical eye. But again, remember that when the observer is paying attention to the experience, Experiment it collapses the wave function, so we ain't gonna see but nothing but what we gonna have on our mind. See at that moment. All right, so being that you know the universe is it's a hierarchy of energies that vibrate at different ranges, and matter can so matter can be considered the meeting ground of the higher density states of energy that we may not consciously know we are interacting with. So what then is the heart of the matrix? In this case, again, the heart of the matter transformed to the heart of the mother. The heart is very, is like a very, very complex subject, yet 
it's been taken for granted over time, but it should be handled with the utmost discretion and observation at all times. As we know, all things in life have a ritualistic atmosphere behind it, so that circulates around emotions of love and fear in this particular arrangement or pattern. So the root word of ritual is rit, which means an observance as well as ceremony. In our ongoing observation, there seems to be an impeding or blocking effect from the heart to mind. You know, so ceremony has the word sera in it, ceremony. Sera, um, for one series, is um, the deity or the, the female deity of cultivation or agriculture vegetation in uh, in if I'm not mistaken North Celtic in Celtic um pantheon. So Ceres that's where we get the word cereal from, the grain that we you know what I'm saying, but Ceres, Ceres also means to wax, to bring about, you know, like the waxing and waning of the moon. Alright, so there seems to be an impeding some type of uh or blockage from heart to mind or the cerebrum, and cerebrum means brain in Latin. And, and so right here, we're going to flash back a little bit to 1999. 1999 equals 10, 9999, nine, 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 plus 1 equals 10. So we got completion, but then we also go back to 1, regeneration, going back to the recycle, well, going back to, you know what I'm saying, um, from death to life cycle, waning to waxing again. All right, so we're going back to 99 with the um, renowned epic so-called blockbuster, so-called epic blockbuster starring Will Smith. My bad, I mean, not Will Smith, in the Matrix, but uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. We know Will Smith was supposed to be in that movie, you know what I'm saying? Now, imagine if Will Smith, if you will, would have had the starring role as Neo. And then we also had Morpheus as Lawrence Fishburne and the lady um, representing Sophia Stewart as the Oracle. You know what I mean? That would have been some powerful, you know, upliftment for everyone that took place, every, everything, you know what I'm saying? Because I, mean, I, I, I got to get into it a little bit with uh, the Tom Brady situation and dealing with the Matrix. Tom Brady was drafted from uh, the Michigan Wolverines, if I'm not mistaken, in 1999, he was the 199th draft pick in the sixth round. All right. And he came out, you know, did his little thing for the first year and the second year, but it is what it is. But just looking at the word, the name Tom, Thomas, right? Thomas means, basically means twin. And when you're dealing with a twin, he's a doppelganger, but also you're dealing with, uh, you know, Thomas was one of the disciples of, of uh, Jesus. And you know the number that he got on the chest is 12. But let's get back to Neo. Neo's name is Thomas Anderson. Right? So Thomas Anderson, Ander means man, and of course son. The son of man. So Thomas Anderson, Neo means one in uh, Latin. So Thomas Anderson means the twin, 
son of man. Ander, man, like me, Ander, Thal, and son. So the son of man, the new son of man, Neo meaning new. It's an anagram for one, my fault, meaning new in Latin. But when you when we're looking at that, so we got the son of man, Thomas Anderson. The movie Matrix came out in 1999. Tom, Tom Brady, Thomas Brady, was drafted in 1999, the 199th pick in the sixth round. Six, just looking at that number alone for a moment, six represents different things, but it's mathematically the first perfect number because it's one plus two plus three equals six, right? But six means equality also in supreme math because you got, and it's also three plus three. Three plus three is that sacred so-called number in um, Freemasonry, the 33rd degree, when um, light starts to hit the 32, or the sun starts to hit the 32 and starts melting the ice. So when light starts, or the one one becomes illuminated, it starts one becomes um, more attuned to the light within, so so called. All right, but now we're looking at going back to the movie The Matrix. The opening scene is called the heart. Of the city, it's a hotel called the Heart of the City, and it ain't it ain't really called the Heart of the City. It's the Heart of the City. And so I was like, why does it put that O up there like that? What does that mean? You know what I'm saying? But then when you go in uh, one of the rooms that in well actually where Neo lives, the one or Thomas Anderson is room 101. So I was looking at that like, okay, 101, 101. That's two. But that's the gateway again. You got eleven. That O in there. You know, they you know, as far as like a lot of concepts they say it's one oh one is talking about George Orwell's book, um, nineteen eighty four, where that's the room of all our fears, you know what I'm saying? Go into that room if you read the book, you know what I'm saying? Towards the end, the dude, the character in there got in there and they put that mask on him and everything, he got his face ate out by rats or something that was his worst fear or something like that. But um one oh one he peeks out that joint, you know, that's the one eye. But then I was like, okay, oh, oh, and Kabbalah represents iron. Iron is um am I mistaken, it's like the fifteenth or so letter of uh the Hebraic alphabet. It's, it's the fifteenth letter of definitely O is definitely the fifteenth letter of the English alphabet. 22, 21, 20, 19, 18, um, 17, 16, 16th letter, and it means to watch, know, or shade, iron. The Hebrew, um, I mean, the Greek derivation is O. The Latin de- derivation is also O. So that's where we get our um, letter O from, but it's the ancient symbol is an I, and it means to watch, know, or shade. So that's iron, but 101. So 101, you got both of those letters on the, well, the one and the one is basically the Kundalini energy. It was the Eden Pangala going up to the third eye to watch to know the shade. That shade is darkness. Shade meaning darkness, basically, but that will be looked upon as melanin, internal and external. To watch and to, to know first and then to watch it go up, that one and that one on both sides. When it goes up, it meets back with the, the mind's eye. 
So now, what I was talking about the opening scene is that the heart owe the city. Heart owe the city again. So the heart of the city, heart of the city, city can be viewed as um, a physical construct, a physical um, main, or something like matrix, all right, or mold. The heart of the mold, or the heart of the template, the heart of the physical reality. But also in uh, Hebrew, the word city is Jeru, J E R U. So the heart of J U R U is Jeru. Like Jerusalem is the city of peace. All right, so heart of the city turned the heart into Ab, Abharu. So we have Abharu or Abharam, you know what I'm saying? So this heart of the city can be looked upon as Abharu, which basically is still the heart of the city, but the light of the heart as well. Haru meaning light, and Ab meaning heart. Or it could also be viewed as spirit, like the Ka, but basically the heart or the spirit of light. And that goes back to um, Ra, so Abraham. So heart of the city, that spirit of light, intelligence is going back into the shade, watching the shade, to know to watch the shade or the eye. So it allows to go back to the um, pomegranate. But those are those two angles on, you know, the two in the Eden Pangala, that one and one, again. So the heart of the matrix, or the heart of the matter, there again, what is the heart of the matrix? Etymologically, heart is from an old English word, harut, or H-E-O-R-T-E, which again means the breast, the breast, soul, spirit, will, desire, courage, or the mind, as well as the intellect. It is. Um, it has a source also as cardia in Greek, so that's where we get cardiovascular as well as core in Latin. So that's where we get cerebrum or cerebellum, also the neocortex. And again, Neo's name, or Thomas Anderson, the new son of man, Neo, meaning new, so neocortex. So that's where we're really accessing um, through. So basically, like the allegory behind the, the um, Neo concept is the neocortex. So when the left and right hemispheres of the neocortex, the new brain or the new skin is developed, then we are functioning on both realms of logic and as well as uh, intuition. You know, a lot of people just left brain, a lot of people just right brain, but when they fuse together the sacred marriage, then it brings about that exchange of those two energies. And the reason being tonight's topic is part of the matrix is because dealing with the meditative process when Eden Pangala flow back up the Sushamana and they doing their intertwining or their uh, undulating Kundalini um, spiraling, they change spots pretty much and they then they unite back at the peak at the top and they form what looks as a heart. You know what I'm saying? In the center or in the apex right there at the pituitary and the pineal gland when they merge, the pituitary and pineal gland merge and they Start doing that little dance, you know what I'm saying? Pineal gland starts rotating and the um, 
and you know start throbbing, and then or then the pituitary gland starts vibrating and throbbing, and they start producing those fluids of um, melatonin and um, serotonin within the pineal gland, as well as human growth hormone and other um, hormones within the pituitary gland. That sacred marriage producing um, the land of milk and honey. All right, so now we go back into um, hold up. Yeah, we go back into the name. It's a lot going on. All right, so look at the dates of because uh, we got this is this is February the second month. February has a couple of dates in it. The first one that um, the initial holiday of this month of February was um, called um, Imbolc and also Condomass. Imbolc on um, day is representative of. Um, few things, but it's basically when the cross quarters occur in, in, uh, in between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. So on on this time, it's, it's between each, it's 15 degrees between each fixed sign. The fixed signs are Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, and Scorpio. And those are in between um, the, um, not the mutable, but um um, we had the fixed, mutable, and the cardinal. So the cardinal signs are sometimes they're called like uh, the solstice, uh, um, the solstice or the uh, equinox. So between those times, the winter solstice and the spring equinox is the cross quarters of, di- of this one right here is the cross quarters that occur at the 15 degrees. So, you know, each um, sign has 30 degrees. So 15 degrees between the winter solstice and the spring equinox is um, Candlemas or Imbolc. That's the day when the sun starts to return and is celebrated by drinking milk. That's what it's called Imbolc. Imbolc means in milk. You know what I'm saying? It also means ooze milk. Ooze talking about the lamb, lamb's milk. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of ironic that um, the letter V, me and the brother Jamal talked about this a couple about a month ago too, but the letter V upside down is the lambada, you know what I'm saying, or the labda in Greek alphabet. But the lambda, uh, L-A-M-B, lamb, and D-A, is um, a vortex, basically. When you put two lambdas together, you have an X. But also, if you break them apart, you have one and one. So the first day of, and the first, or the second day, of the second month is Inbog Day. Inbog Day is in milk, again, or also um, ooze milk or lamb's milk. Because they would, that's when the cattle or the lamb would, um, they would go out there and get all that milk and bring it back and do all type of things with the milk, you know, so make some cheese or whatever, you know, do what they do with the dairy. All right, but on it on that day it was consumption of dairy. But then they, you know, the Catholic Church. Roman Catholic Church, they want to continue to observe it, so they call it a candle mass. So candle mass is basically it means a festival of candles, or they would light candles all day in their mass service. You know, mass means a festival, basically a ritual. Um, but so they did that through that day, and um, and it still represented basically um, the Bridget Saint Bridget of uh, the Irish folklore. Celtic folklore, 
you know what I'm saying? Because they didn't want to get that up, you know, that pagan ritual. All right, but going back to what I was speaking on, one and one, well, two and two. Two and two is 22, but also it's one and one, one and one. So that's 11, 11. But one and one and one and one equals four. All right, so four is um, also representative one. It goes back to one because one plus two plus three plus four. One plus two is three, and um, three plus four is seven. So three and four, I mean, three and uh, seven is ten and goes back to one. And that's talking about regeneration. Then you, but when we go into, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when we're looking at uh, January, January is the first month of the year. The word January comes from the deity Janus, J-A-N-U-S. Um, it's a, a, a Roman god with two faces, right, um, that represents the past and the future. But um, this God is the God of beginnings, transitions, and thereby um, doors or doorways, passages and endings. He usually has, you know, has the two faces. Also, it could be represented as Ishua Legba or Ganesha, and the, the um, gods of uh, those different, like Yoruba, Yoruba, Ishua Legba, and um, Hindu faith, Ganesha, or the Hindu, Hindu myth, myth, mystery system. Um, but this Janus is where we get the word, uh, J A N U S is where we get the word January from, meaning a doorway. That's why we always say, you know, New Year's resolution, the past and the present, I mean, the past and the future. So we're looking at the past, trying to get rid of, you know, get rid of some of the bad activities and resolve them going into the future. Uh, so that's why January 1st is, is dealing with resolutions, because January is based on this doorway. When we're looking at Two and two equal four. The fourth letter of the Hebrew as, as well as English English alphabet is a D. D is Dalif. Dalif means a tent door, basically a door, but also means movement is the ancient meaning as well as um, to enter. So we're entering a new realm. This one, you know what I'm saying, regeneration, going into a new realm from the death process of winter going into um, starting to move into spring. Remember, Christmas, the 25th, is when the sun is starting to um, become more prevalent and the days are becoming more longer. You know, from the 27th of November, Thanksgiving, that's the um, one of the the shortest and the, supposedly one of the coldest days of winter because that's when the sun is further away. So they will give thanks and venerate venerated that day as that, indigenously speaking, and the ancestral. Um, culture, we venerate that day to give thanks that we're starting to move towards a new prosperous day. 28 days after uh, the 27th is Christmas. So now we go look at what this month holds is 28 days. All right, so 28 days. I'm going to get back to the football thing in one second because all this ties together. Um, 28 days within the month of February. February means it's uh, Janus, Janus um, Februarius. That is the uh, wife of, um, who is that? The wife of, in the Greek, um, I think it's the wife of, uh, 
Like Zeus. Yeah, Zeus. Jonas. Yeah. I mean, Severus. Uh, or Jonas Severus. Severus means purification. All right, so Februarius, Mrs., is the month of purification. So this month is the month, it also comes from the word, well, um, the Proto Indo European word meaning the smoking. That's February means purification, expiratory offerings, the smoking or the burning. So this is the sense that um, purifying by burning smoke offerings or something like that. But basically, it's um, purging. You know what I'm saying? So the second one is talking about purification, the doorway into purification or uh, into cleansing. But we're dealing with, again, 28 days in this month. Halfway between 28 is 14. So what's the relevance of 28? For one, first of all, we got to deal with the Osarian uh, principle of process of growth and the underlying cyclical aspects of the universe. So that principle is based on like the sun rising and the sun setting, the the waxing and the waning of the moon. So they're just talking about life and, and the coming or the apparent death. So the most impressive representation of that concept of regeneration is the 28 stalks of wheat that's going out the coffin of, of uh, Osir in one of the steels of the walls of um, the pyramids. But that is representing um, the 28-day cycle of the moon in relation, you know, to regeneration as well as um, resurrection. So that 28 days, halfway between 28 and 14, what did Osar, how many pieces were, was Osar's body split up into? 14. You know what I'm saying? That 14 is representative basically of the 14 meridians. 14 meridians pertaining to the 14 different um, organs. And those 14 organs are um, in, acupuncture, in acupuncture, the 14 organs are the lungs, the kidneys, the large intestines, the spleen, the gallbladder, the heart, the bladder, the stomach, the small intestines, the, the, and the heart governor, um, the chest muscle, basically the heart governor is the percadium, as, and then also the triple heater. The triple heater or the triple warmer is basically um, the, the pineal gland area, the thymus gland area, and the, um, the base or the um, prostate and uh, ovium area or the urinary, urinary um, tract part, where that gland is, the prostate gland or the ovium. All right, so those are the 14 different parts of of being or the Chinese acupressure meridians, but basically the 14 major organs in the systems that those three different glands to store energies to flow through those organs. But that's uh, Osar, so that's the guy body. All right, so 28 days after the Last Supper or basically Thanksgiving, we had Christmas. Because that's and we celebrated on the 25th. Because you know the 21st, the sun drops, goes up. Three days later, we got the resurrection. They say the sun drops so many degrees, and uh, then it goes into the Southern Cross. But after the uh, third day, it rises back up, and then we have longer days. You know, saying so back in the day, our ancestors 
were not particularly fearful of darkness, but they noticed they couldn't grow, cultivate longer in that period, as well as it was darker outside. You know, say some say that um, the word devil is a contraction of dark and evil put together. So they thought the evil was dark, and it was darkness, you know what I'm saying? So they couldn't, they didn't know what that sound was. They didn't have enough light to go out and get it, get it in to bring it back before that line come around or whatever's in that wood come out and, you know what I'm saying, the jungle come out and, and strike that, you know what I'm saying? So they looked at darkness as being not as, uh, as fair as the light. All right, but that's from 28 days after Thanksgiving is Christmas. All right, so then we're looking at January 1st, well, now January 6th. So again, six is a mathematical, mathematically the first perfect number. That's one, two, three, one, two, three, six. There's also equality. Say that the epiphany happens on the sixth. The epiphany is um, basically that means um, was the a nativity, you know, saying that's when they say the Christ is first seen or whatever, right? So the epiphany is when the um, wise men, it's also called Three Kings Day, when the wise men or the three kings went to the um, the, the manger and they saw um, Christ. That's what that's what the um, that's what the mythos is. You know, so the ritual is um, basically going in and on the sixth and having some type of uh, festival or um, an event. So that's um, that's basically 13 days after. That's the 12 days of Christmas right there from from uh, Christmas up to the 6th of January. All right, but when we're looking at, again, remember the 28-day cycle is based on the moon cycle and regeneration, but there's also the 40-day cycles. So 40 days from the Last Supper, January, I mean, uh, from the Last Supper, November 27th, or Thanksgiving, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving on the 27th anymore. We're doing it on, I think it's whatever the last Wednesday is or something like that as far as in America's culture is concerned. They, they celebrate it on that, but that's just to keep their rituals going. You know what I'm saying? Like I, like I was saying earlier, they always have something that's parallel to the dates and to the activity of solar energy as well as what's taking place in the planetary and, and, um, and as well as in the stellar regard. So um, they had to have something to to um, take our energy, basically. You know, they always want to keep us in check, so they have to know our math, you know what I'm saying, to know how to talk to us. You know, all right, but so the 40-day thing, from 40 days after the 27th, we have the epiphany. 40 represents reservation as well, because they say... Well, back in the day, they said it takes 40 days to completely depart the body and for it to ascend to heaven. So it would be like a 40-day mourning period. So, you know, some family members, they mourn for 40 days. So they would, like the um, in Jewish tradition, they grow them four longs or whatever, four longs, you know what I'm saying, on the side because they're mourning. You know what I'm saying? They do that for a 40-day period or what, or, or what have you or something like that, you know what I'm saying? But those 40 days, the day that it completely takes, for the body, for the soul to leave uh, the body and send to the heavens. Uh, so they, from Thanksgiving, that sun starting to get closer 
And then Christmas, that's when we actually start getting more daylight. But by January 6th, we're getting, um, we're getting about a you know, good hot hour more daylight. Then we go into February 1st, which is actually the first day of spring. You know what I'm saying? So that's, um, again, that's inbox day. So in milk or in the Milky Way, in melanin, basically, in um, balik, in black, you know, so, but um, that's from um, from 40 days out of Thanksgiving to January 6th is uh, the ascension, not the ascension day, but the advent. Basically, that's um, that's what they call um, the, the Epiphany, the Christian Advent, and they had this feast and all that because you know they celebrate the revelation of the incarnate. That's when the, the wise men went there again and saw the Nativity or saw him in the manger. But that's forty days after Thanksgiving on the twenty seventh of November. But forty days after. Um, the Epiphany, if you do the math, 40 days after the Epiphany is Valentine's. That's February 14th. All right, so we got four, zero, four again is um, one. Before is the completion of one, two, and three coming into conjunction. So you got knowledge, wisdom, understanding, reaching together knowledge basically is uh um the, the um information again but then you have duality when the information is broken down into different groupings of multiplicity then you have three of uh, understanding or overstanding when we can put all those back together and fuse them together four is the actualization not to act an, an activity of the physical reality but it's the doorway you know what I'm saying? So again, four is, the, is D. It's the doorway to where we are going back and ascending into a higher representation or to the true self and the indwelling intelligence. So it's that loop, you know, that spiral. So basically, so that 40 days period in conjunction with um, the ascension. All right, so or the energy going up properly. That's why they say do something for 40 days. Like when we insert meditations, and I do this for 40 days, you know what I'm saying? Because that's the proper amount of time to allow all that to cultivate. Also, they did say do this meditation for 28 days because that's that moon cycle, you know what I'm saying? So that moon cycle of, of, of in that period within waxing and waning brings about the same thing as regeneration and the recycling process or resurrection of that uh, indwelling intelligence. All right, so that's embolic day on this on the first and the second, as well as observed on the third, but uh, in some aspects, all right. But basically, it's the first and second, but that's that's two and two again, that's equal to four. So, February 2nd, February again meaning purification, January meaning um, basically it means the door. So, the door first month, the door going into purification, the door of purification. So we're purifying this month, this cultivation through fire and water. Uh, Mars being uh, the energy behind um, on Tuesdays, but basically when we're looking at, we got to look at some of the colors. Thinking of, I was talking to one of my friends earlier 
when the queen, she's speaking on red and white, red being uh, the color of menstrual cycle and white being the color of milk coming from the female. So also I said is the female aspect of the moon as well. So the masculine and feminine combining. So 14, 14, 14 having a, met, a metaphysical um, phase as well as a physical phase. So 14, 14 together is 28. So that's the masculine and feminine um, realities being cultivated back together in 28. All right, so that's two and eight equaling one. Again, so that's the, both of those energies on the side, one and one, going back up to the pentagram, forming that shin sign or that one or one that Neo, the neocortex is looking out of, and that's that left and right brain. And that left and right brain, when that energy goes up and we're in deep meditation, we'll see a heart formulating in the center or those two Eden Pangala um, centers or the Uraeus, basically, that the, those snake energies or, you know, saying serpent energies coming up and having two hoods on the side look like a little heart in the middle. All things creation look like that. You get an apple, you know, you see how the apple forms are orange, you, get, you know, a pear, you know, you look at certain, you look at things that naturally pro produce and you really look at it deep, you'll see that it has a point that it's going back to and out of. It's like it's just looped around something, you know what I'm saying? It's from a thread, it's a needle in the eye. All right. So that is breaking down some of those different angles, looking at um, the dates that have been used as ritualistic measures to keep us away from our transitions. And I, you know, from, you know, just looking at it like the uh, January 1st and resolutions, all these years, you know, we've been doing New Year's resolutions, but basically it's based on something of the past where we, which is our present, you know, the past is the presence of our future. All right. So, when we're looking at certain things, we got to disregard what the mainstream is talking about, you know, so like Valentine's Day. All right, so we look at the, we're going to go back to Valentine's because I ain't really went into it. When we get, I'm going to get into, oh, well, matter of fact, let me go ahead into uh, the football, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Live, you know, Super Bowl LI. So we're looking at a couple of things in there. First, Super Bowl. Let's just look at the word Super Bowl. You know, so we got Super Bowl. We also have Hyper Bowl. Hyper Bowl is uh, in English or in language is an exaggerated statement or claim that's not meant to be taken literally. So, you know, so Super Bowl is Hyper Bowl as well. You don't need to take it so literally or any, any aspect of anything that's coming from media. Media on the external um, grounds means a medium, something that's in between, you know what I'm saying? So that is going to block anything that's in between. That means it's an obstacle, you know? So that's something that's in between us. So that's, that's, derived, that's going to um, basically not, not exactly stop, but it's going to hinder some of our movement. But we can get over obstacles. We, we're resilient, you know what I'm saying? All right, so this is one way to get over it, you know, by knowing what these things are. But Super Bowl and Hyper Bowl are basically the same word. Um, super or Supra, S-U-P-R-A. They both, Super, the word S-U-P-E-R comes from Supra, but it means excess. 
um, basically. All right. So now hyperbola is a mathematical expression, and in mathematics, that it means um, it's a, basically a geometric figure where you got. Now I'm I'm not no mathematical expert in that, you know what I'm saying, dealing with geometry or trigonometry, or nothing like that, calculus. I barely got out of algebra too. All right, but I'm I'm gonna read this to you. All right, so a hyperbola is a geometric figure where the difference between the distances from any point on the figure to two fixed points is a constant. So the two fixed points are called the foci, plural for focus. This figure consists of two con disconnected curves called its arms or branches to separate the foci, or the you know that's plural for focus or the focus points. The bend points of the arms of the hyperbola are called the vertices, plural of vertex, or basically vortex. All right, so now we're going back and look at this lambda. A lambda, again, is a V, but you put two Vs on top of this of itself, one going upside, one looking like the V upside down, the other one being the V, then you will form what is called a hyperbola. Hyperbolic mathematics again is two fixed points. All right, so you got from any point on the figure to two fixed points is the constant. So if you got a fixed point at the top of the um, of a figure, and you go down to the next point, and then you go over to the other point on the other side, and you go down those two points. Well, one point at the top that's two fixed points are called the foci. That's the focal. So those two fixed points form. Um, a curve. The figure consists of two disconnected curves called its arms or branches that separate the foci. The ones that form the curve will be the little, like if you got an X, because it forms an X, if you got an X, will be the connection from the top to the bottom of the X on each side. And that will be the two constants that perform within those sort of focal points. So my take, that's the Eden Pangala going up and crossing and then having the focal point or the vertex and the bend points of the arm or the hyperbola are called the vertices or and that's plural for vertex or vertex. That or the point within that center is where it opens up at. And if you you know the math on the um Star David or the Merkabar, also called the Magin Dawid, the Star David, then the math on that is you got the feminine energy rising and the masculine energy descending, and when they meet and enjoin at the center, or the heart, the heart center, the heart of the matrix, they form the Merkabar, that star David. So you have a V upside down, and a V that's, um, or a V inverted, and then you have a, a normal V, or whatnot, or the lambda. The V is the 22nd letter of the English alphabet, you know, and the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Ta which means more, but how do we, in the past, when they used to say you got your papers and you want to write something or you want a signature and we know how to write good, what was our mark? It was an X. So an X is those two lambdas, but that's also in representation or representing the uh, sacral nerves, the left and right sacral nerves, and the energy going back up, and then you have an O. So X's and O's, hugs and kisses, goes back into the principle of X is low, hells and kisses, but also into the mother-father principle, 
that was uh, seen at the end of the Matrix movie when it said system failure. When they zoomed in all the way at the end of the movie, it was an M and F that was the last two letters. It didn't mean motherfucker. I don't think. I think what they were trying to say was masculine, feminine. Because you have, in order for the neocortex to come back online, well, for the energy to come back online, the neocortex has to be balancing the two energies of the left and right from the lobes, all right, and go away from the emotional um, distraught of the limbic brain as well as the um, central gratifications or the central central controlling aspects of the reptilian brain or the R complex. So when all of those three folds come together, some somewhat similar to the three and a half folds of the Kundalini that they say is sleeping in the, the um, lower ram or the base um, ram, the root chakra. So when those three folds of energy come back up, it meets back with the three folds of the brain. And when that happens and takes place, what's going on is the unfolding of space, basically, or space-time and the natural uh, essence of your true self, your true innate abilities start coming back online, those nine gifts, you know, sort of nine cities. I so but that's uh that the MF in mother and father going back into geometric mother and father Mim, you know what I'm saying, and each of a moot moot her and pataher, but father equals four, F-A-T-H-E-R equals four, and mother, M-O-T-H-E-R equals seven. So seven plus four equals two again. I mean, 11, basically, but it goes back to two. So that's, you know, going into um, the gateway again, but 11. 11 is the first master number, a prime number, you know what I'm saying? So, and, but we go into two, though, so second month, second day of February. So that is uh, in bulk. In bulk is in milk. That's the fluid or the birth. So when we think about again, we go back to um, go back to where we was talking about where I was talking about um, the mother and what does the mother do? when she has babies, she breaks the water, right? So breaking the water also represents the sign or the, um, of the horoscope or um, in this regard, the constellation Aquarius. Aquarius meaning the water bearer. All right, so the water is equivalent to purification, right? But water breaker as well. So when the water is breaking, having a baby, and that that's process of regeneration. But let's get back into the Super Bowl. So Super Bowl again is um, just the word alone. We have Super Bowl. So that in the Egyptian or Metaneta Sue. Uh, means um, it or him or he. Per means temple, house or abode, habitat. That's where we get per ankh. You know, per ankh means the temple of life. And then bowl is ba and er, because you change that l to a r and a w to a u. So er, so ba er is um, the divine soul 
uh, and great chief. So that statement would be the temple, or uh, basically it would be um, the temple of the chief divine soul, Super Bowl, Super Ba'a, the temple of the chief divine soul. Su again means him, but I just took that out, but it would be the temple of him, the chief divine soul. I ain't want to put no masculine or feminine to it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not a male chauvinist or whatnot. I hear a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, God, and they say he a lot or him. It's like that patriarchal aspect needs to fade out. We need to unify both realms of existence. So not really putting a gender behind something that has no real reflection of physical other than what we see. You know, I can't call uh, a light or I call the TV him or her, you know what I'm saying? So why am I calling the energy that created that thing him or her? You know, it's just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but anyway, so, but the a symbol of a bowl um, in Medonetta is the symbol of offering, okay? So, or presenting a gift or offering. So I, you can also transform that statement to um, the temple or the spiritual embodiment per so the spiritual embodiment of the chief divine or offering uh, presenting an offering to the spiritual embodiment of the chief divine soul so the Super Bowl is presenting an offering to the spiritual embodiment the chief divine soul what's the offering so we're talking about a hyperbole hyperbole is as above so below basically but hyperbole I mean you know, when you're looking at it, just look it up online if you want to. You see it's an X. It forms an X, but it has these two circles. So this circle as above, so we got this arena or this, you know, this uh, football stadium full of people. And then we had this thing called halftime. You know, time, or the word time comes from demine. Demine means to divide. Talking about dividing time with the hours. So divided the divide in mind, mind, the divided mind, half time. So it's half time they divide in one aspect, the spiritual with the, the with the physical. So they got all this stuff going on at half time to keep the person captivated, throwing these rituals up and all that, so that when they come back in, the transference of energy occurs. So this last game was the score was thirty four twenty eight. When I I talked to Brother Jamal, but I sent him a text. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go check out this game, you know, and watch uh, Haru Tame set. You know, that's what I put in the text. You know, I mind you, I didn't even check the game out yet. I didn't, I didn't know the score, but the score was 28-3, if I'm not mistaken, when I got to my uh, sister's house to see what they was talking about. I ain't got no TV in there, so, I was, you know, I took a nap, and I was like, man, I'm going to go ahead and get up and check this thing out see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So I was just joking with him. So, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm going to go see, set, uh, get tamed by Haru. So I get there. The score was actually, yeah, the Falcons was up. I was like, whoa, that's what's up. You know, then they did the halftime thing. I didn't even, I didn't watch that part, but I got there after the, you know, third quarter started. So I'm watching the game, like, that's what's up. But then all of a sudden, number 93 and number 88 had a headbanger where they, the helmets got stuck together. I was like, what the heck? That's a, they forming a heart shape right there. I was like, oh boy, that's left and right brain. That dude's left brain just touched his right brain. His right arm is touching his left arm. 
transference of energy. They about to lose. They go something about to happen through the spirit. I knew. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, John, I don't even want to watch this no more. Something dumb about to go down. They did this crazy ritual, this observance in the, you know what I'm saying? They already had the knowledge and myths. This is this is um uh, February 5th. All right, so it's still in conjunction with February 2nd, Embo. It's around the same period, you know what I'm saying? It don't matter if it's that day. You've got to remember that uh, what's named Dionysus mucked up the calendar anyway, so they was like were 90 days behind or something for a while, thinking winter was uh, a summer or something. So they, well, summer was, uh, was winter. They still outside, you know, cropping and stuff, but it's, it's actually – but they saying it's winter, you know what I'm saying? Wondering why it's so hot. And that's still going on to this day. We still, we still we've got to calculate it from the step calendar or the sidereal calendar. But when that happened right there, I was like, okay, yeah, there's something going down. And next thing I know, um, you know, if it was you I was watching, y'all saw it. Um, it was like the Falcons defense went slow motion. They weren't they weren't moving no more, catching, you know, catching the um you know, the, the wide receivers and they weren't I mean, they wasn't catching up with them, like the, the safeties. Everybody just slowed down. I'm like, what the heck just took place? You know, they started scoring. But so we, now we're gonna look at these dates of these Super Bowls that um that these uh these cats called the New England Patriots. You know, what I'm saying New England Patriots against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, uh, you know, that's that's the old mix. <laughs> you know, Atlantis right there against the New World Order, New New England. You know what I'm saying, or whatever, basically. But let's go back to their first Super Bowl, Super Bowl appearance on January 26, 1986. 20 Super Bowl, Super Bowl 20, two X's. It was against Chicago Bears, New England, and Chicago Bears. The score was 46 to 10, 11. That was the you know the heyday of Chicago. Chicago was like you know uh, they they was. They was not picked to win that. They was the underdogs. It was what Mike Dick, uh, Joe McMahon. You got Richard Ray, to William Perry, Walter Payton. You know, William Perry even scored. You know what I'm saying? The center, the big 300-pound center, even scored that day. So 46-10, they weren't expecting that. So they were a little upset. But guess where that, that football game was? The Superdome in New Orleans, right? Got stomped in New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? New Orleans, the word... Orleans, or means golden. Leans means of light. So of the golden light. So of the new golden light, the new golden order, the new golden day. Talking about the new world order or whatever, the Illuminati. So Orleans, you know, that's a, one of them purchases in the Louisiana uh, purchase or whatever. Um, but New Orleans, the new um golden the new light of the gold the new or meaning um golden leans or leaves the word the word derived from l i u s the use meaning of the light so golden of the golden night light of the new golden light so they got stomped in 1986 the super bowl 20 come back in january january 26 1997 Playing Green Bay with Brett Favre, got stomped again, 35-21 by what two touchdowns. Guess what that one was? The Superdome again, New Orleans. That was Super Bowl 31, right? Equaling four. 
So you got 20 up here equaling 2. You know what I'm saying? So then you got 31 equaling 4, but back again at Superdome. Then we fast forward over to after, you know, they picked up uh, your boy uh, was Thomas Brady, their Christ figure. You know what I'm saying? Thomas mean again, twin. All right, but they picked him up, also going to the Tammuz. They picked him up, but Thomas is one of the disciples of Christ. And what number does do work? Number 12. You know what I'm saying? So, but um, representing uh, the 12 energies of the Zodiac, but also talking about them, the Christ the disciples, but the 12 cranial nerves and everything relates to that. You know, we talking about the uh, metaphysics of it and going into the mystical experience. Now, I don't know what they doing, you know, but that our energy is what changed that shit. I mean, basically, but look, look at the, okay, again, this this date, um, the score was New England 20, St. Louis 17. You know, that's when uh, they had uh, that stellar um, wide receiver, St. Louis Rams, and they also had the um, I forget the dude's name. I, you know, I ain't no football buff like to talk about, but I did watch that game. I remember it somewhat because the brother that played for um, that was the wide receiver is from North Carolina, played at one of these schools over here. Might have been somewhere like Greensboro or something like that. But and, you know, I used to check him out. Um, but basically, look at the date: February third, two thousand two. February third. As the day after Embolic Day. And we go back in time, most of the Super Bowls were always in January. Then we get up to the point where um, New England started doing their thing, they moved it up to February. And so the last few years, all the Super Bowls have been in February, right there around that time period of Embolic Day or Condomize. You know, and you know, Tom Brady is a Catholic. You know what I mean? Probably a Freemason is real, you know, and everything in between. But that was at the Superdome again in New Orleans. So those three incidences, the last one, they say three is the magic number. You know what I mean? That Superdome, New Orleans. The last one seemed like the white boy really brought down the house because after that, they, that, that's when they brought down the Superdome and rebuilt it a few years later. All right, but now we'll go to the next game, which was 2004, two years after that. And they played, they went against Carolina. Carolina had that, the baddest team in the NFL that year. They went like almost undefeated. I think they lost like two games that year or something like that. I actually followed them that year because, of course, it was Carolina and all that. So I watched every game pretty much even towards that one. This That's the last football game that I watched in 2004. I haven't watched any games prior to watching the Super Bowl last week. I mean, a couple weeks ago, so I ain't watched nothing. But then this one was at the Reliance Stadium in Houston on, yep, Embolic Day, February 1st, 2004. Also, Groundhog Day. That's where we get the ideology behind Groundhog Day because that's when they say if uh, it's a cold day outside, then we're going to have a quick summer or spring going to come in fast. But if it's hot or warm outside, and the grand house here shadow, then you know, saying we're gonna have a uh, few more weeks of uh, of winter. But February first is actually the first day of winter. All right, but February first is the day of 
Oh, we put my candle. <laughs> That's what's up. My black candle just did the thing and, and got a black and red candle lit right here. It had incense in it and it broke. So February 1st, it just snapped. That's what's peace. <laughs> let me, let me like put that out. All right. Yeah. It got a little head coming out of it. All right. So the 1st of February, um, um, 2005, uh, 2004, they went against Carolina and won. All right, now we go fast forward next year, New England, Philadelphia, 24-21 New England, February 6th, right around the same time period. Um, then go to February 3rd of the next, of 2008, they played against the New York Giants. New England, 14, New York Giants, 17. Last quarter, he wrote, I guess, by Eli Mann or something like that. Um, got them whooped up on that day, you know what I'm saying, February 3rd, right there on Inbound Day. New York Giants on the next 2012 next meeting, 21, New England, 17, New England lost again. That's 2012, February 5th. Then we go back to February 1st, another Inbound Day where they play Seattle Seahawks. New England, triumphant or whatever, 28 over Seattle Seahawks, 24. And that's in 2015, February 1st. February 5th, that's this year, 2017, New England come back miraculously. What I don't know what that was. Just all this, you know what I'm saying, relates to, but the score was 34 to 28. You know what I'm saying? So that's 7, 1, 8. But nevertheless, it's February 5th, and the last time they got beat was on February 5th. The last time they lost was February 5th, 2012, but then regained face, you know what I'm saying? So there's nine Super Bowls that they've been in as far as New England is concerned, and they they went and won five of those joints. So you do the math on 93 minus 88 equals 5. Which, you know, I, I really don't get into it like that, but I was like, hold on, something got to be going on with this. So I just saw that energy being utilized improperly. A lot of our energy is, you know what I'm saying, basically our internal works is being what we could be doing, you know, on some higher magic type stuff will bring some positivity to this planet. They taking it and, and making some other, I, I mean, I I can't say I ain't involved either because I was watching the game myself, you know what I'm saying? So I seen that transference of energy and I was like, oh boy, uh oh, the helmet's just connected. And it just so happened I'm doing something about the heart of the matrix and the thing I'm talking about is left and right brain connecting and how when they do connect in, inside of uh, the meditative process, they form a heart. So I was like, oh boy, I see that. They just transferred their energy from left to right. Something gonna happen, you know. It almost looked like it was it was uh, you know set up or something. I'm like, what the heck? How they? What they got a magnet made them touch helmets and then you know what I'm saying? But that's how the energy works. That's how the intelligence works. You know, the spirit. It was two brothers. You know what I mean? So that melanin don't care about winning or losing, but that energy that's being you you know utilized in between somebody is controlling it to where. Or, you know, some sorcerers got some wands, you know what I'm saying? It's Hollywood. 
So they're moving that shit around to where they want to go, pretty much. You know, but that's our energy. That's our inter- internal kundalini. You know, got it all them harps and, and all that other stuff drawn off in the sky. You know, harp system, the chemtrails, and then our energy, our kundalini energy. I mean, that's how weather is getting changed. We always been able to manipulate the weather. But if someone is, in, if there is a medium or media in between that, then they can use our energy to manipulate the weather. Because they got them, you know, it's refracting the energy from the aluminum and the barium is refractive and reflective. So if our energy is going up, our kundalini or basically our heat signature is going up into the atmosphere and then it's refracted back down instead of doing what it's supposed to be doing, then it's going to change. And then they got the heart system, which is highly active oil research program, which is talking about sound. So it's got a vibration of sound going out this heart system that's causing these. Um, fragmented pieces of aluminum that's nanotechnology, minute energy, you know what I'm saying, or particles or particulates in the sky is going to start vibrating. And when our heat from this natural entity, the indivisible dual itself goes up there, my heart energy, fear now though, you know what I'm saying, it it changes the weather, basically, you know, can manipulate the weather. Uh, so we're doing it even though, but they got the the means to use our energy. You know what I'm saying? Our attention by these the different devices, electronic devices they got, or, or advanced technology, so to speak, what they call it. The most advanced technology on the planet Earth, though, is the human structure, the human being. All right, so that that's that's what that right there is is like, you know, somewhere. So the halftime, you got the halftime, the divided mind, that's when that energy changed. You know, we seen Lady Gaga doing her thing, you know, whatever. I didn't see it, but, you know, we seen all that. And next thing you know, the energy transferred from where it was at to where it went. You know, so that halftime, the divided mind, uncertainty, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, they took the energy because you got to look at where as above, so below. So some, even though that bowl is on the bottom, you got to fill the bowl up. You know what I'm saying? Something we might not be seeing is that things turn into a circle. That half a circle it's then filled. What is empty is filled. So that's the offering. It's the individual cells that's inside of that bubble, that that bowl. You know what I'm saying? So they go and give that energy off to the divine, which basically is the hidden light of the intelligence or melanin. And melanin just plays with it and, and let it be thrown around how it is. And we the ones that's operating it. You know, so in our observance, we crash the, or collapse the wave function or whatever. You know what I'm saying? All right, so let's go back to, to a few minutes left. Go back to uh, Valentine's Day again. Valentine, going to go into Hebrew a little bit. Um, Hebrew, or the word that Hebrew is derived from is Ibre. Ibre and Hebrew are the same, basically the same word, but it comes from the verb abar, meaning to transition or pass over. All right, so where Hebrew, because, you know, the Hebrew or the uh, Israelites transitioned or crossed over on uh, the Jordan or whatever to get to Canaan and all that in the biblical storyline. But all right, so Valentine, V in Hebrew is um, a hook, basically, is Y, or like Yahweh or Yahweh is the vibe or Y sound, um, but it's a hook or tent peg. So basically, that's a link, a connection. A 
know, in VA, that's again, you got the upside down V and the A when they connect, they, that's the, the X again. So VA. Uh, but A is um, the strength or is also um, power or leader. Uh, so supremacy is what I, I put there. Uh, L is to educate, also to yoke. It's the symbol of a, um, of a, a staff, a shepherd staff. Um, a is the symbol of an ox head. You know, upside down, ox head is an A. Um, e is the symbol of two hands raised, and it means the breath. It's sort of like the Ka symbol where you got the two hands raised on the um, on the on pyramid walls and whatnot, per onks. But that means um, to reveal or to breathe, also to sigh. So put the breath to breathe. N is sun. Also, is um, it is um, the seed and continuance. Um, but I'm, I put I placed it as maintenance to maintain. I uh, T is the symbol. I mean T is uh, represent. It's the symbol of an um, X or also a cross. Uh, so two cross sticks representing a mark, a sign, or signature. Basically, a symbol. An I is I, the letter I in Valentine. It is um, um, it means Yod, just a sound, but it means to work, throw, or worship. It's a closed hand, but it means to work, throw, or worship. And I put uh, to work. And E again is spirit, like two hands raised. So that spirit, but the sentence will be. The breath is the link of supremacy that informs the symbol to maintain the spirit work as Valentine. And again, uh, Valentine is Valencia means um, um, basically it means strength and time means point. So the point of power or the point of strength, right? Valent, uh, valent of the word Valentine or Valententia also is where we get the word valiance from. In chemistry, but valiance means um, is uh, the combining capacity of an atom measured by a unit of hydrogen. So atom is basically um, the subatomic realm, but is melanin, but also hydrogen is water. So water and is, and then you got capacity um, can be can, can be perceived as something holding something, but it's also power, force, capacity, meaning strength. But it also can be looked at looked at as something holding something. The power is something to be held. So what is the Aquarius age is the water bearer or the water holder. So there again goes to valiance. All right. So what is the breath got to do with? The breath is the link of supremacy that informs the symbol. To maintain the spiritual, what's the symbol? The symbol is the matrix, it's the template, it's the mold, it's the temple, you know, the template, the temple. It's the physical, it's the cot. So we, we'll be looking at city again, the matrix going into city. We look at it like Aharu, the heart of the city, heart of the city. The city can be equated to the physical body, which in comedic terms is the cot. So turn the cot to city, you have kitty cat or city cat which has nine lives which is the nine aspects of the divine being so in reference to the heart of the city it's also the heart of the matrix how many super bowls were dudes in nine 
how many they win five. You know what I'm saying? Five also equals six. But they you know, but anyway, nine is birth. You uh look at uh the dude's birthday, uh what's his name? Thomas Brady. It was uh is he's a Leo. And guess what? Um you know what I'm saying the energy behind Tammuz is or Thomas is coming out of for and also naming the twin but Matthew or Matt um Ryan Matthew is also a disciple of 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 so called Jesus, right? Let me get to it. Before we'll close out here. But the heart energy is Leo. You know what I'm saying? But the quality of the heart is illumination. And the sun is the planet. All right. But that is the illumination. The base chakra is lead. The metal behind that is lead. And that is Aquarius. Okay. So the month of the Super Bowl was February, purification Aquarius. Where, how, you, how do we equate um, purification, most time fire, water? You know what I'm saying? But all the elements can be utilized to clean, you know, but it's also the constellation is Aquarius. But uh, Aquarius is, uh, if you look at the word, it's an anagram for Osiris. If you take that S and put it right there next to the R, you have Osir or Osiris or Osiris. So that water bearer is equated to Geb as well as to Osiris as well as to Mars. And um, the father of Cupid is Mars. The mother of Cupid is Venus. What's the planet between Mars and Venus? Earth. So Earth is Cupid, basically. Earth is the love. Earth is the balance. You know, but basically, um, Mars being the father of Cupid and Venus being the mother of Cupid, those are the masculine energies developing, the masculine and feminine energy developing the sun, Aquarius, or in this case, the Christ figure, or if you want to look at it like that, of lead transmuting to gold. But that dude's birthday is uh, so-called uh, August 3rd, which is he is Leo. But Matt Ryan, his birthday is in, he's a Taurus. But let me let me look at these words real quick, these names before. Um, so we got Thomas, meaning twin. This is out of the First World Order, good book to get from Dr. Um, Aileen. And Thomas also symbolized the constellation Leo. All right, but um, Tammuz is also another word used in Hebrew, meaning the summer solstice, which begins the new moon of each July. Also, it goes into Thomas. It's also another form of bell or bell. You know what I'm saying? Not the I'm gonna get out of that. All right. So, but look right here, Tamas uh is short for Masi or Messiah, which is derived from the ancient commodity word mess or mesu, which means to be anointed. Tom is short for Thomas, which is derived from Tum, Tim, the non being or demon setting sun or negative being. All right, so there we go back again to Demon setting sun, also to the Messiah figure that they tried to place him at. 
or whatever, because he's wearing the number 12. Then we go to Neo and the Matrix, where the movie came out in 1999. And they, you know, he put the cross on his back and, and brought New England from those, you know, horrific. Well, you know, they, they got beat by, I think, was the Chicago Bears was my favorite team when they were doing the thing with William um, Perry. I love watching that shit. You know, Chicago Bears was the jump, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, for the New England Patriots and the New New English people, they was looking at like, damn, we just got beat by a big bunch of city slickers, probably what they was thinking. All right, so, but that's Valentine, breaking down that word, you know what I'm saying? But uh, the breath is the link of supremacy that informs the symbol to maintain the spirit word. Now, uh, what, what what we got left right now? 30 minutes just about, but actually... Might be cutting off in a second. I don't know, because I did 30 minutes without uh, well, without having uh, I think I was on mute for about 30 minutes, but we'll see in a second. You know, if it cut off, that's what it do. Um, the origins of Valentine's Day, you know, we can all agree, basically, it's supposed to be like the time when we talk about and observing romance and love and giving candy and all that, you know, chocolate stuff to our, our people, but... It does have a little sinister twist to it, and if you ask me, it's kind of a little bit fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Forgive my fortification under the king. But uh, basically, um, allegedly, the Romans executed two men by the name of Valentine on February 14th. But we, we, I'm talking about the allegorical aspect of it. Again, an allegory is a, a story, um, a poem, or a picture that can be interpreted um it has hidden information that can be revealed and interpreted, you know, by knowing the code. So say Valentine, Valentine meaning power. A lot of the um, popes, I mean, not popes, but monks or, pre- or people that were in the powerful state, they had uh, names like Valentine meaning power or strength. And um, it was a Roman priest back then inside the Roman Empire. But back then, the Roman Empire was perse- persecuting the church. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, because they were trying to convert it over to a different type of system, Catholic, Catholicism, basically, whatever. But uh, when the law submitted the uh, Roman society, um, and basically outlawed, outlawed the marriage of young people, you know, innocence, you know, left and right brain again, man and woman. But based on the assumption that the unmarried soldier, when they went to war or whatever, they'd be thinking less about. Uh, their wife at home, you know what I'm saying? So they wouldn't, you know, so if they, they married, you know, and they got a wife at home, then they be, they ain't going to want to fight or whatever. They ain't going to want to die. So they're indoctrinated fear. So they're indoctrinated and the fear separates left and right brain. So when the church, you know, we know the church views on marriage, so they feel like marriage is sacred unity between man and woman, you know, so that's the two sides united, you know what I'm saying? So basically, the entire um, well, the dogma from the Roman Empire um, presented a problem to the Christian Church back then, and that, that because of that ideology of uh, not allowing young people to marry, or just the fact of not allowing someone to marry if they're in love, whatever. So the idea of man and woman marrying into the Christian Church was what this Valentine dude stood for. So he secretly or hidden the court married them because of the law that outlawed it. So he, this Valentine, so to speak, Valency, you know what I'm saying, went out there and hidden the court information, basically merged left and right brain. 
did some rituals or whatever and started getting the alchemical uh, um, observances going. So eventually they called him and imprisoned him and tortured him for performing these marriage ceremonies or this al- alchemical observance against the um, the commander that the emperor at the time. One of the uh, legends says that this Valentine or this power, this strength, you know what I'm saying, this dark energy, dark matter was um, while in prison, somebody, this dude named Asterius, which is Osiris again, Asterius or Aster, came by and had a daughter who was blind and supposedly uh, Valentine prayed for the young girl and healed her in such a way that Asterius became a, a Christian himself. And he was one of the judges that was supposed to judge against him and, um, you know, saying get him, uh, perse- well, not just persecuted, but um, executed. So he healed the daughter. And in the year 2000, I mean, not 2000, but 269 AD, Valentine was then sentenced and executed. And it says that the last thing he did, the last words he wrote were to Asterius' daughter. And it said that this statement is what um, salutations are. Of uh, Valentine's based on because it said from your Valentine, you know I, I think all this is some folklore they put together just like Constantine, Roman Empire and everything put together the whole um, the annals of uh, the Christian um, uh, faith or whatever. But uh, so the, the basically the what the um, allegory in that is um, Valentine or the power the hidden power of the intelligence or the hidden light of the intelligence. Um, they were trying to outlaw it, so they gave this story right here to where they persecuted or killed these, these two dudes, one and one again, this duality or polarity. They say it was, it was one person, but then they say it, it may have been two men executed, but all in all, um, as one and one. So they was like, okay, we got to you know, put our mark on this. That's the X or whatever and get this DNA or you know this hyperbola going on to where as above so below so if we put this fear element out here of, of saying you know indoctrination of fear saying we're going to persecute these individuals dual cells for marrying or merging both sides then they ain't going to be out here trying to do this alchemical expression you know what i'm saying so 14th you know what i mean all right that's what that's when this takes place um even though nobody has really pinpointed the real exact origin of, they say that no one knows the exact origin of the holiday. Um, a good place is to start in Rome, ancient Rome, because back then there was a, another holiday called Lupus Calia. A Lupercalia, basically Lupa means wolf, but this is when they sacrificed a, a goat and a dog, and they took the skin of the goat and the dog and they ran around whipping women with it, saying that that would make them fertile. But this, uh, this trickled over into what we got now is this, you know, $30 billion holiday of Valentine's in America. Well, we're not wrong about $30 billion, but it's a, it's a lot of money that they're spending on on treats and tricks, <laughs> tips and tricks now, but like Halloween, you know, it's a lot of money getting spent. But this holiday is based on, or Holy Day is based on, um, and it, it was celebrated back then between the 13th and 15th of uh, February. On those days, but it's based on an ancient um, Italian god named Faunus. Faunus is represented um, who, of being the god of agriculture and fruitfulness as well as um, fertility, but it also was identified with Pan. 
Pan is also the god of the countryside and the store of food, foodness, and, and fields and flocks. But Pan um, means um, all. You know what I'm saying? Pan also is the lord of vegetation, which Gabe is the lord of vegetation, or the green one, as well as Osir, as well as Mars. So that goes back into the ancient Kemetic world, and also Kushite and um, Dogon type of uh, mystery systems where we was representing different forces with a name and title, where we were talking about ourselves getting out there, as well as we were talking about the sun energy giving us the energy to get out there and plow those fields and everything. Uh, that's why the A is an ox here because it means strength and power and leader because that man was out there with that ox. You know what I'm saying? That's why the M is a is a blood, chaos, and water because the woman's period and the water breaking and she was uh, also um um uh, also bring some habit to chaos but Faunus also represents um Pan who also represents Baphomet. Alright so Baphomet looking at that word Baphomet Baphomet comes from it's a um mystical word, well, in the mystery system, the word is, uh, as far as what Elias, uh, what's his name, um, Elio, the dude that wrote that book that's based on Baphomet. Oh, boy, what's his name? As long as I've been reading about this, I haven't read it, and I got the book. Uh, Life is, uh, you know what I'm talking about. But he said that the word is uh, um, um, in mystery, well, in, um, in the mysteries of uh, Freemasonry, is spelled backwards. So you have to take um, Baphomet, Tim, Met, Tim, and then the OPH is the acronym for um, a template Ominium, Hominium, which means father. Well, basically, that means um, uh, Omnium means universal. Hominian means men, and pockets means peace. So the universal um, universal peace of men. But when you put temple in there, you have um, the universal temple of peace amongst men. Then when you put Ab, Ba, Ba, backwards is Ab, is father. So it's the father of the universal temple of peace amongst men. That's talking about uh, the temple of Solomon. All right, so this... And then he's also talking about uh, Jerusalem. All right, so where was you know Solomon's temple? But basically, Jerusalem is um, city of peace. All right, so temple of peace, the father of, of Jerusalem, going back to the heart of the city, the heart of the matrix, the father of the temple of peace, the father of the heart of the matrix, the heart of matter, the um, basically the heart of the um of the physical domain who is the father that again is dark energy dark matter and you you know what i'm saying even if you were muslim but that's the same because you're dealing with this masculine energy right now with the patriarchal type of um mentality so they they didn't want they didn't put mem alphabet at the beginning or or, or it also, but you know, we did, we do know that it also represents. They say um, Muhammad. You know, that's what some people say. That's where the word Baphomet come from. But that's uh, the breakdown on Baphomet's word, the name. I, I'm not gonna be able to get into the whole um, science of Baphomet. It's something that I, I wrote 
uh, just breaking down the whole science of Baphomet and how the symbol of that, the left and right pointing up and down and everything. Probably, I mean, it's similar to some of the information that's out there, but I, what I have right here is a little different in the same breath. But, oh, oh yeah, Matthew, Matthew Ryan means gift of Yahweh. His other name is Levi, which means joined. But his symbol is the constellation of Aquarius. And that's a kind of ironic that we're in Aquarius age right now, water bearer, and the symbol of Matthew, as far as the, not Matthew Ryan, but Matthew in the biblical sense, is uh, the constellation Aquarius. And then Thomas' constellation is Leo. But when we go into, um, again, the, um, the, the aspects of the chakra system, the base chakra constellation is Capricorn and Aquarius. The heart chakra is Leo. The base chakra's metal is lead. That's the base. That's the a chemical expression. What well, a chemical um, metal that's going to be transmuted into gold. The heart chakra, the sun, illumination. So the quality of the base chakra is self-assessment. So we reflecting. That's the doorway. You know what I'm saying? We go, oh boy, you know, got to uh, change up some things. You know, let me get this resolution going on. Base chakra going from Capricorn to Aquarius. Then as we grow, get to Leo, illumination, sun. So all this is a, it's a cycle within all that, you know what I'm saying, to where it develops within the year. But this is all based on the septet calendar or the sidereal calendar, septet or I mean it's, um um series. Uh, but Aquarius, the word Aquarius um, a strong or powerful Q circle or time condensed U that connects or is U again is a, a hook so it's um it meaning um a tent peg that means add secure hook um then you have A and that's uh, the power the force R the initial stages uh well R is the head so it, it's the symbol of a head but it means first beginning or top Resh is the sound. All right, so A, I leave Q, Kif, U, the Bivava, Wa. A again, I leave, so that's Aqua. And then R, Resh, meaning that um, the head first initial stages is what I put. Then I, Yad, but it uh, means work or labor. And then uh, U again, Wa, Va, that uh, means um, hook or to unite. Or to connect, and then S is our shin, uh, meaning its symbol is two teeth. That means um, the two, but also shin means spirit. So um, the sentence would be um, the powerful point, point meaning time, that's the circle, you know what I'm saying? So the powerful point of time or the powerful point that unites the force of the initial stages of labor with the spirit or with the two. So that powerful point, again, we go back to the powerful point, that's the, that's the black dot, you know what I'm saying? That's the initiatory spark of creation. That's the father. So the father of the temple of peace, the father of um, the heart of the matrix, the father of the heart of the matrix is the black dot, the Bindu dot. All right, so in the activation of the left and right or of sacral nerves, Eden Pangala, when it goes up to Sushumana, the central canal, the central channel, and it starts spiraling again the undulating aspect it forms that heart at the top you know what i'm saying so when that heart 
that point, those two um, mediums or those two um, um, individual duels, because you can't divide one, even though we tried. So that's why I say indivisible, that means undivided, dual self. So those two aspects that can't really be divided from self unite back at the top, forming a heart shape at the top. All right, so that's Valentine, that's that 14, 14, that's 28, and that's that rejuvenation, rejuvenation and resurrection of that one. You know what I'm saying? From the from from on one to two, from two to four, from four to eight, back to one. So the process of mitosis. You know what I'm saying? But that energy going back up on those both sides, that's that X. So also with the X men, you know what I'm saying? We're dealing with um a wolf lupus. So lupus is wolf or lobos in, in Latin is wolf, but also what wolf we talking about is Wolverine. Wolverine means little wolf. But Wolverine had a brother called Sabretooth, right? Sabretooth um, and Wolverine represents Remulus and Romulus. Remulus and Romulus was um, raised by a she-wolf in a cave. You know what I'm saying? And eventually Romulus became uh, the king or the first ruler of Rome. That's why they call it Rome. You know what I mean? But that's all, that's that's that, that's the ritual myth, you know, whatever. And then they they, they go and, you know, do certain things with that with that energy. But Wolverine and Sabretooth represent one and one again, two again. So Xavier is also um Xavier is means owns a new house. So the neocortex, the new house, B, the brain. So that's that fertility right again because we got growth and something new coming in. The new house is also representative of a new day. So that door, door coming from Janus to the fertility rites of purification. So something new is coming forth and cleaning out. All right. Um, one more thing before closing, if it ain't about to close, uh, what is it? Uh, I know it's something. Oh, um, Black History Month. Black History Month um, started back in um, was back in 1915. But Black History Month, Black Month, um, we look at it like that. But they gave us one month, but really it's Black History Year. But you know, Dark History Month history denotes something of, of the past. And it's saying something that's no longer around. So it's so dark month. But month comes from um, Matu. Matu was a moon deity. That's where we get the word month from, Matu, or moon as well. We get the word moon from that as well. But it's talking about 28 days again. So Black History Month started back in 1915. And it was uh, developed around the Days of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. Abraham Lincoln's birthday is February 12th, 1809, and Frederick Douglass' birthday is February 14th, 1818. So they say he didn't know exactly when his birthday was, but uh, he decided to have it on February 14th. So that gave me the, because um, his name, his actual name is Frederick Augustus, which means great, Washington Bailey. So he's indigenous. So he had to know his name, Frederick Augustus Washington Bailey. Frederick means Fred means um, peace, and Rick means power, so or ruler, so the ruler of peace. That's talking about that's Imhotep. Im, Imhotep 
Uh, Imhotep means peace ruler or ruler of peace again. So in uh, Abraham, if you put the the A behind the um, the M have and move the H back there, you have Brahma, the all all um, permeating or energy within um, Brahmaism. But so we got Frederick Augustus Washington Bailey, and you know Washita Bailey. That's Frederick Augustus Washita L. Bay. Born on February 14th, not born on February 14th, that's when he celebrated his birthday. And that's that midway point between the two at the two angles of that 28. Part so. Gotta get this up, candle. Say, don't blow the candle out. You got to fan it out. You know what I'm saying? You blow your wishes away or whatever. <laughs> you know, everybody be blowing the candles out on, on their birthday. They don't know. They just blew the wishes away. Get something and fan them out. Give it back to the ancestors. But uh, at any rate, so February 14th, February 12th, you know, and Abraham Lincoln, so-called Abraham Lincoln, was a um, alumni, Native American as well. But that's when that, those dates are in conjunction of um, what we call Black History Month or Black Month or the dark um, moon cycle. You know, I just take it in, you know, place where it's not necessary sometimes and add what it is. You know, we can do what we want to with it, desires. You know what I'm saying? Do what the ancestors tell us, which is our onk star, basically, is us internally and externally. All right. Um, I didn't really get to cover everything, but got a lot in. I'm thinking it's going to shut down in a couple minutes, 10 o'clock. This, uh, also, I wanted to go into this real quick before I do shut down. Um, when we was talking about heart, heart, H-A-R-T, it's an old English word. And I, I looked at that, I was like, because that's where the uh, word H-E-A-R-T derived from as well. I was like, what the hell got to do with heart? Because when I looked it up, it meant um, um, male, it meant stag or, or a male horse or a male deer. It's like, okay, that don't make sense. But then I, I looked that up also with the word, like, but pagan. Because pagan is basically um, versus the Catholic Church or whatever or, or Christianity. They always say that's paganism and they look at like pagan is something being evil or bad but pagan basically just means outside of a city area outside of a city so that's metaphysical you know city being the the physical or the the city talking about in in this form cat so area outside of cities the metaphysics the countryside or the the urban i mean the rural area rural aura you know saying so that's the light but urban also means light of the sun, urban. All right, but we got pagan. Pagan comes from under the, the pagus. All right, so pagus um, means countryside, rural, rooster. Then I was like, pagus, that sounds like pegasus. Pegasus was a winged horse in Greek mythology. So pegasus um, comes from the word peg, that means a fountain or a spring, a welfare spring. That is talking about... Um, when Medusa was killed by Perseus um, by, by a spring. But 
from her neck came forth, or when he cut off her head, sprang forth from her blood was the winged horse Pegasus, because it was next to the spring. But they said the Pegasus could open the spring of Hippocrine with a stroke of his hoof, with a stroke of his hoof. Hippocrine is a fountain on the Mount of Helicon. So Hippocrine means um, hippos, cream means horses, fountain. Hippo means horse in Greek and Latin, and cream means fountain. But that was a spring on Mount Helicon. Helicon means, um, uh, literally means the torturous mountain, but helix is the root of helicon. Helicos means spiral. I saw like, well, hippocrine, this sounds like hippocampus. So hippocampus is horse or sea monster, horse monster, basically. Hippos mean the horse, campos mean the sea monster. So it's a horse sea monster. And that was one of those uh, sea monsters that um, Neptune was riding with on his chariot. Hippocampus looks like a seahorse, and it has, but it's in the cerebral cortex, and it, um, or the temporal lobe of the cerebral cortex, but it has the processing of, it has the ability or is involved with the processing of emotions and memory. So the hippocampus is also part of the what we would call the three kings: hippocampus, the pineal gland, and the pituitary gland. When those three aspects get online, then our emotions are, you know, about breathing processes or whatnot through the Milky Way. You know what I'm saying? That's what the Nile is. The Nile and the three parts of the Gizzle. The Nile is the Milky Way, embolic, the purification, deep breathing, or, you know what I'm saying, getting that, that water in. You know what I'm saying? In milk, that's in melanin, dark matter, dark energy. All right, so, but then you got the, um, you have uh, those three. Um, Giza points that's in line with um, Orion's belt, but basically that's also the hippocampus, the, the um, pineal gland, the pituitary gland, and those three alignments right there within the mental structure with that energy coming up, connecting again, brings about that that uh, unification, that sacred marriage, the left and right brain, but that that's emotions and memories, so the memories of our past coming in line through the, the processing of uh, coming over those three folds, remember the memory is held within the, um, the cortex or the, the cerebellum. Cerebellum means little brain, where the medulla oblongata is located, the, the mouth of God, the Akashic records. So the Akashic records come back online, the space records come back online, dark records, whatever, come back on, and by way of harnessing the emotions properly, the energy in motion. So is where I, so that, Again, the hippocampus is where we harness our emotions. So that's why I was like, dang, so what does this horse have? I was like, what does this horse got to do with it? But then all of a sudden, I got to Pagan, and I looked up Pagan, and it came up with Pegasus. And then Pegasus sounded like Pegasus to me, and I looked that up, and I was like, Pegasus? That's a horse. And then all of a sudden, Pegasus went to hippocampus. Well, went to hippocrine. And then Heliocon, which is the mountain that Hippocrine is on, the fountain. Hippocrine is the fountain. That's the fluids from the hippocampus or uh, that area that's speaking on the pituitary gland, the pineal gland, but Heliocon is the double helix, the spiral. Helix is the spiral. Alright, so that spiral of the left and right, that X, those two parallel one and one, spiraling back up the spine, you know what I'm saying, 
or the Eden Pangala, the Sacraments, filing up the fine. That's one and one. That's two. Talking about purification of February, going up the spine in bollock, in milk. Talking about the Milky Way. The Milky Way is the Nile. You know I'm saying so that in bollock brings about a balance. You know what I'm saying? Balance meaning life and Lord, Lord of life, Lord of your life, Baal and Ankh. So when that come up, you balancing your life by putting that energy back into the pineal gland. And then when that expression goes externally, it brings about a, your whatever it is in your manifestation that you want in betterment or you want to bring about your positivity. So this process of Valentine's is the balance, it's the weighing of the atom, the first cell, with a unit of water or hydrogen. So it's purifying and putting that that truth, that breath, water, you know, air, um, the uh, next level of air, step down from air is water. So fire, fire, air, water, then earth. So when that water is processed from the air, it formulates the physical properties of Malkuth properly from the fire aspect, which would be Kessel on top. You know what I'm saying? And then the quintessential or that, you know, the most essential element of those unknown realities that we call dark energy and dark matter. You know what I'm saying? We really can't put no stamp on it, just like we say he or whatever God principle and all that. Really can't put no genre behind it because it's nothing that we could say it is like you got a butt to sit on or got a mouth to speak. We 